In the fiercely competitive world of soca music, it is very difficult for new artists to propel themselves through the wall of already established superstars. Difficult, yet not impossible. The probability of breaking barriers, however, depends on the artist. Ray is one such artist. She has an unforgettable combination of good looks, superb vocals, and personality galore. Added to that, Ray's formal training in music, coupled with her manager and co-writer Daryl Gervais's ability to pen strong hooks and verses, has taken her on a meteoric rise. Have you seen a flyer for a soca fete in the United States this year? There is a high chance that Ray is on it. She is booked and busy. While other artists were not seen or heard from during the pandemic, Ray was pumping out songs and music videos. She says that as a new artist, she did not want the old adage, out of sight, out of mind, to affect her career. Thus, she ensured that whether it was social media, traditional media, or music platforms, you were able to see and hear her. With a mind full of ideas, a body of work yet to be released, and an unstoppable work ethic, Ray is poised to shine through and light up the soca industry even more as time passes. In her short career, she has worked with the likes of DJ Private Ryan, among others, and has built a strong catalogue in less than five years. She is, however, by no means done. This is the story, thus far, of Ray. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. She is one of the newest singing sensations out of Trinidad and Tobago, and she's an entrepreneur as well. Ray, it's Ray. Welcome to Planet 30. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure having you. Pleasure having you. So, Ray, you were born in Trinidad. Yes, I was born in Trinidad. Santa Flora. Yes, yes, yes. South, y'all. Way down south. Mm-hmm, in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what's so what's unique about Santa Flora? You know, you know every area on you know a village or, or district in, in every island has that special thing about it. What are some of the things you love about Santa Flora? What makes it home? I think the fact that everything is not readily available, let's say as if you're like in town or something like that. I think that adds to the community, and it just feels a little bit more community oriented in my that's just my personal opinion um not to say that i don't feel like all of trinidad still gives that vibe but i think they're more specifically because it's more like a leaning on one another type of situation Mm, mm, interesting interesting now (laughs) I've, i've heard you mention that um doing music uh now as a career uh, obviously, you know, you, you had to sort of go to where it's central, and that's in Port of Spain. So uh, now that you go back to Trinidad from your U.S. base and you do music, you sort of have to, you, you, you sort of rediscovered Trinidad as a country because it's such yeah. a different vibe. Tell me about that. Yeah, so that was very, very different. Um, 
it's not to say that I had never been to like town and them kind of things before, right? But being younger, it's like, okay, if we go in there, we go in there for a specific reason, whether it might be to just go shop or because we had a specific thing that one time that we had to find transport for and we knew what time we were going to leave and we are going to come back specifically to make sure we could catch transport to come back and things like that. It was like a different vibe, whereas no going there and staying there, the busyness, the availability to kind of just get up and walk all the road and have everything kind of just there and it lively and it pumping and it's just it's a different vibe it's like the the best way that i could compare it to let's say even in the states is kind of like one is like the suburbs and one is like the city mm. and you just get a more fast paced more entertainment kind of vibe from oh, being in town versus like no, I completely understand because a lot of people think that Trinidad is just, you know, carnival, fet, 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 not realizing that there's a whole other part, well, more than other parts, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you can definitely pick up different vibes from different parts of the, uh, of the country. Mm-hmm. You had a unique experience coming up because you were raised halfway in New York, halfway in Trinidad. And that always lends to unique perspectives. So, so tell me, even in terms of music, how growing up in both places has affected you. Um. Well, growing up in general, I soak has always been a part of everything I did, whether it's from the family get-togethers. My father is the kind of person who was throwing parties every single weekend without fail. Like, he was the host to be at. So it's like, that is always something that's been there growing up. But then when you go into school and things like that, no, people know nothing about this side of life, right? They know nothing. Some people don't even know about the country. So it's a little bit different. Um, And I think as I got older, I started to find the pockets of the Caribbean community. But being younger, it was always those situations too, where even taking the music out of it, it's like, I couldn't really speak like this because my teachers would be like, eh, what? Uh? You know, like, and it's, it's like the annoyance of having to constantly repeat yourself, repeat yourself, repeat yourself that you're just like, oh, they can't even say my name right, right? So eventually, like, I just started to, in a sense, accept whatever it is that they gave me versus, you know, saying like, no, well, this is how you say my name or this is what I want to say or this is you know how I grew up or whatever it's only in getting older it's only getting in older um years that I more so I guess found confidence in myself to I don't want to say stick it to the man right but for lack of (laughs) better phrase stick it to the man like nah I am who I am and this is what it is and certain things I could never hide like even being younger if I'm talking about food or worse yet roti or something right I couldn't say roti any other way than that so even that would be like a giveaway to people they'd be like huh like why do you say that like that and it's like how else do you say it you know right or, or when i would say Trin-, like it's, it's very little things like even like like how you say trinidad like people would pick up that i sounded different and things like that so now coming down to the music nobody knew what soca was nobody knew about this cultural you know existence because they were just all from the States. And I had to kind of only get that at home and get that at family events and 
only again as I got older and I had the freedom to move how I want to move and go where I want to go and explore the places I want to explore I was like wait you know there's places that account for this there's pockets in the community that are strictly Caribbean or strictly Trini or strictly Soka strictly dancehall and once I found that like I embedded myself in it and between home and that lifestyle it was just always it was always there but again because being in a different location you also had that very heavy influence of the R&B of the pop you know those things that also mean a lot to me and I love as well I just don't rate it higher than soca so that's why sometimes I think any things that I sing you might hear that undertone still because it's there and until I reached that stage where I was capable of expressing myself culturally outside of like the home and things like that you would have seen me stick to things more along those lines like R&B and those like those sorts of genres mm. What, so where exactly did you grow up? Queens. <clears throat> Queens, New York. And Queens, it's weird because there's so many West Indians in Queens, you think that, you know? Um, well, I've always been basically close to Jamaica Avenue. No matter where I've moved, that's kind of always been like the central location that I would give people like oh what part of Queens Jamaica you know like right it was you know you have all these different places right you have Liberty you have you have you have Astoria and you have Brooklyn and Jackson, Jackson Heights these, and yeah. yeah yeah Jackson Heights and all these different areas and even those different areas is different cultures you know um so for me it just was always Jamaica like that was my central location Right. No, because you mentioned that people didn't know what Soka was. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, well, if, was, if you were in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You can't get out in Brooklyn. Brooklyn Brooklyn, Brooklyn is like um, like a mini Trinidad, like a mini Caribbean culture on, on its own. Flatbush is the other island. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that again, that again, it goes to speak to as I got older. You know, when I'm in, let me see junior high school and things like that where I'm not old enough yet to really move by myself is who I know in school and what they're exposed to and what they know and those kind of things so that's really more where I say it didn't exist more in like my school life because the people in school didn't necessarily know or I guess care to know you know right Mm -hmm. Mm, it's true now, yeah. tell me, was music always a dream or was there something there before? It was always music or teaching. Ah. Or always. Um, it, was, it was really, it was really, the only thing that's been, that's changed as I got older is I went to school and I studied counseling and that also became a passion of mine. But I even still kind of equate that to some level of teaching, right? It's not like you're standing up in front of a class and you're actually teaching, but it's, using the knowledge that you have and your experiences and, and, and what you are being trained to do to help somebody else, which I still formulate that in some degree to teach in. So it, it had to have been one of the two for me. So, so have you actually uh, worked as a counselor? I did while I was in school. We, we had to. It was like part of the training that we had to legitimately counsel people in the school, in the college. Imagine when they see that their counselor is giving people the sweetest wine of their life. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They, they wouldn't be surprised because by then, 
Ray was fully aware of who she was and everybody knew what I offered and I, I was the same way then that I am now. So they wouldn't be quite as surprised as people would think. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Have you been uh, given a lot of support from friends and family? I know a lot of artists, you know, kind of complain sometimes, you know, I was on this thing alone, you know? I have an immensely supportive support system. Um, I wouldn't say that that still doesn't mean that there's moments where you do feel like you're in it alone because they can't come with you everywhere. You know what I'm saying? They could encourage you and they could believe in what you're doing, but the journey in itself sometimes does feel a little bit lonely. But now nah, I have a very strong back end behind me and has been like that from day one. So I'm very lucky and very grateful to say that I've been blessed with that. Awesome, awesome. Now, Ray, of all the genres that you could have done, you chose to do soca. Now, it's a hard genre in general. The critics are tough. And, you know, I know that you went to school and studied classical music and could have done anything. R&B, uh, EDM, you name country. <laughs> why, why soca? Um, because the truth is the others don't feel the same, right? Like, I could do it because vocally, if I just practice or tell myself this is the genre I want to go in, anything is possible, right? But at the same time, it's like, I can't do it and feel like it's a task. I can't do it and feel like it's a job. I have to love it. I have to feel it. And I feel like soca is something that you feel like very strongly and because it's what I grew up with because it's what I was always around it's just embedded in me so if I'm gonna sing anyway why not sing where I also feel the most free and just combine the two so that's really what it was for me awesome good answer good answer <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> and, and you know not only were you inspired by Soka but you're inspired by Soka artists tell us how that one night seeing Patrice Roberts live in New York, how did, how did that change your life? So for me, um, like I said, I've always loved soca, right? Any fet, any concert, anything going on like that, you can definitely find me in. But at that point in my life, it was never something that I even thought as an option to sing. Like, it just literally never even crossed my mind because I never actually saw it as singing really it's like I enjoyed it I knew what it was I knew what I grew up around I knew what was embedded in me but I didn't when I thought of it I didn't think of it as singing but then when I saw Patrice perform that night I swear I even remember the club I want to believe it was Club Tobago um, on Liberty Avenue but um, when I saw her perform that night like I heard her for the first time like sing outside of just singing along with the track, right? And I was like, wait, like, but she's singing, like, she's singing, singing. Oh, you could sing, sing. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you you could sing, like, you know, like. <laughs> so for me, once I saw that, it's like my eyes opened up, and it was a, it was a, a big like change for me. Like I just viewed it differently, and was like, wait, but wait, I could do this too, like. That could be something I do. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I'll give you that motivation. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So your team and yourself, obviously, mm -hmm. 
Uh, you guys are on 100, man. Like, it's it's been so, so much consistent. And I can tell there's serious strategy behind what you guys are doing. <laughs> T- tell me about the importance of building uh, that team di- dynamic as an artist. So um, we have a, at least what I would consider to be a lot of people on the team, right? But most of the people on the team, I would say, is on the back end. And everybody might facilitate small little things that help it move along but the truth of it is that my manager and myself literally built this on our own um and that's the real the real that's where the team started and the ones that's grown from there has been <clears throat> and that's you know don't play in anybody's role in the team but has been you know like maybe somebody might help know that things had gone virtual maybe um somebody will help with equipment or you know suggesting that we need xyz but i mean strategy wise content wise you know that has literally been myself and my manager like from day one and i'm very very organized and like I need my things planned out so I know what my post is going to be for the week how I'm structuring it what they're going to say what 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 it's meant to tease what it's meant to reveal what like I plan those things out like down to a T so I could um, tell yeah (laughs) and don't get me wrong there's always room for sometimes spontaneous things happen and you have to figure out how to fit that in right And, and I think we do a good job of doing that as well but it is a level of strategy. It is a level of controlling the, the narrative. narrative. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think that that's something that has to happen because it just gives you more room to align what you want to come next. Makes sense. And because, you know, the way you guys are moving, I was like, they, they, they these people are meaning business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm glad that that's the way that it's perceived, right? Um, Because I don't think when we're doing it, I don't think we're doing it and saying, I hope people see that this is what we're doing, right? That's not the goal at all. The goal is really just on our end. I know what I want the brand to be. My manager knows what I want for myself and what we want is relatively the same. So it's about sitting down and kind of deciding, okay, this is where you want to go. This is where you want to grow. Here's where you want to end up. And now we're doing everything in our power to make that happen and build that. Now, if the people on the outside happen to see it as well, that's just an added, that's just an added bonus to it. But it's not being done for people to see it that way. But I'm glad that it's being perceived that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who, who are some of your dream collabs? Any genre? Um... I could definitely see me killing something with Rihanna. Um, I think it would be super dope. Ray and Ray Ray. Be, yeah, like I think it would be a, a real bad gal vibe type of thing going on. Um, and as far as in Soka, I think, you know, not to sound predictable, but I think that a collab with Kess would be honestly amazing because the talent behind him is not... It's not necessarily about the celebrity that he has. It's about the talent that he is. Like, that, to me, when I look at him, is just, like, pure talent. And that in itself would just be an honor. Like, seeing how he gives a show, seeing what he puts out, I think that that's amazing. Put it out there. Put it out there. (laughs) Facts.
in the universe from from your yep. lips to God's ears, as they say. Yep, yep. Hopefully, the catches ears. <laughs> <laughs> what? Tell me something. What do you listen for uh, when you hear a rhythm or you know a song concept comes up? Because your melodies are impeccable. I must see. Mm. And um, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't like saying things like this. But thus far, you have no misses, in my opinion. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot, actually. Um, so for me personally, when I'm listening, I think I think there's a couple of things that go into like how these songs get put out. Besides, for like my manager and I, who's also songwriter Daryl Zovi, like we go back and forth a lot about what I'm hearing on a rhythm. But I think it's not the only thing that comes into play. I think one. If it, if it moves me when I'm hearing it, I have to, like, see something. Like, for me personally, right? If, I, if I'm if i listening for too long and I can't see something, I start to feel like it doesn't have a place for me. So I kind of, like, need to visually picture something. And then that's kind of how, like, like, I'll be like, oh, this is what I'm hearing on it, right? But it's really because I saw it first. And then that leads me to say, well, this is what I'm hearing on it. Sometimes, too, if I'm being honest, is also maybe the opportunity of the rhythm as well that I think people have to take into consideration that sometimes it's just a rhythm is just bad. Other times is it's a great opportunity to have even been included in the rhythm with the lineup that's on the rhythm that you can't pass that up and you gotta use that now and now figure out what is the best concept. Yeah, you gotta squeeze a concept out of somewhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Make it make sense. Exactly. Make it make sense. Can't pass, can't pass <laughs> yeah. this one up. I get it, I get it. You but yeah, so... Um, mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, so that comes a lot from the back and forth, like from the concepts and, you know, Daryl asking me, well, like, what do you want to say? Like, what are you hearing on it? And I will, like, pour out all my sentiments. Like, I want to see this. I want this person to feel this. I want them to think this when they hear this. And that back and forth that goes that, makes up a lot of the content that you guys get Mm. confidence Mm -hmm. your songs are always about confidence i can do it better i have the sweetest (laughs) wine (laughs) i see that as an overarching theme are you big on that um i am big on confidence um i think that you gotta own what you have right um, and I think that confidence could be applied in many different ways and people will see that it will be applied in many different ways aside from what's been delivered thus far. You know, I don't want to give too much away. But um, but yeah, I think in everything, there has to be a level of confidence, right? Even if the concept is sad, I still feel like there has to be a level of confidence in it. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, I'm very... I'm very just big on. I don't know. If, I don't know if saying confidence is the word, but maybe just believing in yourself, believing in your product, believing being intentional. And in, right, exactly. And maybe by that being who I am, maybe it just keeps coming across as confidence. I, I do think I'm a confident person, right? I'm not cocky, but I do think that I love me, you know. So I'm gonna put forth things that make me feel like oh not nah, right like this is right you know and and ain't nothing wrong with that yeah exactly so and maybe that's just being perceived as all confidence but i think i see it as different things 
but there's always going to be an undertone of confidence, in my opinion. Like Jada Kiss said, I am not cocky, I'm confident. So when yeah. you say I'm the best, it's just a compliment. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, the Femme Fury uh, rhythm and, and the uh, rhythm with Private Ryan, remind me of the name? Um, House of Calypso. House of Calypso. Uh, tell me about those two opportunities. I must say that uh, I was introduced to you uh, through the Femme Fury Rhythm. Shout out to my boy, uh, Third World Famous, who owns the Third World Famous uh, clothing line. He put me on to you, and he's like, you have to check out this artist. <laughs> I appreciate you. For sure, for sure. Now, uh, so tell me, how, how did you end up on, on both of those rhythms? I must say, so early in your career as well. So, um... For the Femme Fury one, Nikolai, because it's produced by NMG Music, so Nikolai had uh, actually spoke to Daryl and um, was like, yeah, you know, I'm putting out this rhythm. His intention for that rhythm was that he knew from the jump he wanted two seasoned and two new. Ah, genius. He reached out to Daryl and he was like, yo, you know, you think you'd want Ray on this? And he sent it over, and I was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not something that I would um, turn down at all. And time, Better was not supposed to be the song that was going to be on the rhythm. But I felt very strongly about Better being the song because I felt that it would bring a difference that... At that time, I didn't know what everybody else was going to have on the rhythm, right? But because of the tone of the rhythm, sometimes you could kind of maybe guess where people might lean towards. And I felt that it might, people might lean more towards maybe like a lovey-dovey kind of, Yeah, you know, it's a very lovey-dovey type of rhythm. Yeah, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to, I didn't want to just jump on it and do what I thought might be similar to everybody else. I wanted it to be that... If not everybody stood out, at least I chose something that I felt might have been different. Maybe even a little controversial, right? But ain't nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I really fought for. Yeah. Any really, anything really, she can do, I can do it better. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so and we knew we knew from the jump that 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 it might be perceived differently by different people, right? The men may perceive it one way. The women may perceive it another way but at the same time you know it's the freedom of the music and it doesn't mean that that's who I am it doesn't mean that that's who I'm telling people to be it's just it's your job to interpret it however it means to you so a woman might hear it and she might be like yup that's me like you know I'm the one who does it better or a man might hear it like I'm like I wish my girl was the one that you know however it works for whoever is really up to them to feel it how they want to feel it but I just I wanted something to stand a little different to what might have also ended up on the rhythm. And I think that I think that it did it. And big up to everybody else that's on the rhythm. You have amazing queens on that rhythm, right? And everybody gave their interpretation of what that rhythm brought. But I just I just love the slight controversy of better like And I th- I think that, that might have pushed the song. Thing. You are? I think that might have pushed the song. The, you know the 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 the, the, so, the aspect of controversy. Option. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, it, it, exactly, and and that's that's in a sense even like a marketing strategy, right? You know, you know, people go and talk about it. They may not all talk about it good, but they go and talk about it, right? And that's that's what you want people to do. You want them to be talking about it. You want somebody sitting in the living room like, could you 
believe um, the song. Da, 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 da. So have have you oh, received you know, have you received any have you received any negative backlash from it? I have I haven't personally received any negative backlash from it. However, I did have one of my, my DJ friends. I'm not gonna call no names, but I did have one of my DJ friends message me, and he was like, "Yo, when I tell you like this is my track, I can't even pull it up because if I pull it up, my woman watching me like, what are you pulling out for? <laughs> why, why, why that song?" Why you pulling that song up for, you know? So I haven't had anybody personally come to me and, and complain or have an issue or anything like that. But I've I've heard different people, you know, have other people say to them, you know, things like that. So, I, I mean, I ain't mad. It is what it is. It's a song. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, uh, and the Private Ryan track. Right. So with the um, House of Color one I think Ryan had reached out to Daryl to write on that um, that project and I believe it was for Kess and he let him know about me one time and he was like yo you know what about my art just being on the track as, um, on the project as well and Private Ryan big up Private Ryan by the way was willing to give me the opportunity and same thing like you know when it came to the Femme Fury you know we talked about what I was hearing on the rhythm and at that time I was like yo I'm hearing like when when I reach back outside like listen when like people not ready like I can't wait till outside open back up and you know those are the sentiments that we were going for and we even went you know down to you know what what else like what else about this do you want to say and it felt wrong at the time to say it and I even remember saying to Daryl like you know I don't want to sound shallow but I'm so fed up with these masks like right. I'm tired like you know again I'm not a cocky person at all but just in trying to give him an idea of what I wanted this song to say I was like yo like I like I can't be cute like I can't be I can't be me because every time I go outside it's like it's like as a female the men don't really have to study this right but as a female we put it on makeup and we're going outside but we had to put on a mask and once we put on the mask now we can't take the mask off because now the mask mess up the makeup that underneath the bottom half of your, your nose right it's like what's the like, point it kind of just yeah it's like it kind of just stuck now and these masks just messing up like the whole vibe and and I'm a big I'm a very expressive person when I dance and you know I guess you'll get that from the songs as well like what I say in Sweetest Wine and things like that so even that I'm like you know you can't see the faces I'm making underneath the mask if I'm in a fet or if i in this place or in whatever so you know that's just kind of how got the direction that we wanted to go in for um whole day but um it really just started with a question and private Ryan being down to have me on the project which again I'm great you know they both released on the same day um that was a little tough because it was no something that wasn't expected. Which one? Which one uh, to push? You had to put which one to push, right? Or how do you push both equally? And some of that you can't control because part of that is also which one do people receive better? Mm-hmm. And then that might be the one that you now start to push more because you're seeing that people are gravitating to it more. But I think that the fem theory kind of stand in its own lane, and Holdy ended up standing in its own lane as well. And they kind of cater to two different crowds, two different moments, two different experiences. And we kind of tried to use that and push the booth. And I think we did. Um, at least I hope that everybody thinks that we did because I felt like we did. I, I definitely want more moments to push the fan period because I'm not done pushing that at all. You know, it's also just finding the right opportunities and the right events and the right moments to continue to push it as well.
Yeah. One one last note about better on the Femme Fury rhythm. Uh, I remember sending it out to a couple people, and they said, "Is this soca?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of genre bending, isn't it?" You know. Yeah. I, I mean, I I, just, I I would say I would say it's a crossover. It is. I would say Femme Fury is a little mix of some dancehall, some R&B, and some soca. Indeed. I think a little blend of the three of them. Yeah. Indeed. And I, I love that about it. I love that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tell us about your latest single and video. And I must say, you know, whether you're doing an elaborate video or even short, small visuals, you seem to value visuals, which is very important, obviously, in, in this day and age. But tell us about your latest project. Um, so, Sweet Define on the Labion um, project uh, that was produced by Shaker HD. Definitely, definitely one of my favorite releases thus far. It is like the perfect me, like the like like who I am in that scenario. I think it it, it perfectly says me. Um, so it wasn't something to just sing to the rhythm. It was something that like this is me this is what I do if you find me in a set these are literally the things you can't expect to be happening with race they go when you're whining all them kind of things like that <laughs> that that is me so um I just absolutely loved it from the jump and even when Shika had sent uh what ended up happening was we hadn't planned to release thing you know at least not yet and I didn't want that like for me I felt like okay we had a kind of we had we had to remember that okay there's a season where we just for carnival or what is to come of carnival right but at the same time i just i hate feeling stagnant i i, I it doesn't sit well with me so i was like nah like you know this can't wait until what September to come and release again like nah 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 nah, nah. like something had happened in between and so on and so forth so i just you know as i was expecting that shika ended up reaching me on Instagram. He had reached out to me prior to, but we had never really continued anything. You know, and then he reached to me again, and he's like, "Oh, you know, um, I have a rhythm that's soon. You know, let me send you it, and if you're feeling it, I would love to have you on it." So I listened to it, and I immediately loved it. Like I was like, "This gives me a summer vibe, like something to have people enjoying." You know, in the summer and whatever and I sent out and I'm like yeah like you know I want this and, and we need on it and so on and so forth and it he had planned to relatively quickly from when I was, it was like a this turned around really really quickly and um it was just to me it was like perfect it was fell into my lap when I felt like I needed something to continue pushing and on of that just what came out of it was just amazing. Like I absolutely love Sweetest Wine and behind the video for it, what a lot of people don't know is that the video actually means so much more than just depicting the skill with this wine, right? Um, it took place in Queens, New York on the Biddy Avenue at a club called Underground. And everybody in that video is either a family member, a friend, or, you know, a friend that I've made along the way. It was very personal. Like, yes, 
fun video, but it was very, very personal for me because it wasn't to show my friends and my family, like, you know, they're a part of this. Like, I'm carrying them with me. Like, I'm not doing this and leaving people behind and forget them and who better to have shared moments with me than my actual friends who I would be in this kind of scenario with. And the spot that it took in was where I had my first ever single release. And there's a shot in the video where the, one of my friends is wearing my shirt and it says Ray say something on it, which was my first ever release. So there's a lot of things that would take place in the video that people, you know, just won't be aware of because they're just watching the video at face value. But it, what, it actually meant a, a very great thing. I'm going to have to go back and look at, at, at the, video, the video in detail now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't know that. But. You, you know, speaking of, of videos, etc. You are one of the brave ones. You've been working nonstop all the way through this uh, pandemic period. Like you have not yeah. stopped. So, um, what, what what drives you, especially at a time when most artists are like, "Well, I'm not going to do this because I don't know what's going to happen in the future." <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did have that moment. Um, in the beginning, in the very beginning. You know what, I shouldn't say that. I never, at any point in time, I take back that delete. I never, at any point in time, had the feeling of, I can't do this because I don't know what's gonna happen, right? No, I always knew that if we put out content that we don't know what to make of it, right? We can't, at this point, let me just talk about Instagram and algorithms and those Nobody could really judge at this point anymore Instagram algorithms because I don't even think Instagram could have catered the fact that the world would have shut down and everyone would have flocked to social media in this dynamic and they changed a lot of things, even something as simple as the algorithm, right? And in the beginning, it was like very, very depressed because I'm like, I know stats. I know stats. So it's like, I know stats, but I started off good. I started off with a good foot in the door. Like, we had just having, like, plenty of performance in Trinidad. You know what I'm saying? For a new artist, there was not a week where I was not doing something. Whether it was a performance, whether it was a radio interview, I was on the ground, I was in the work, and things were mostly good. And then we came, the pandemic hit, things got shut down, and my brain kind of went into a frenzy because it was like, oh my gosh, Am I going to have to do this all over again? Because how are people going to remember who I am? If I can't go do the groundwork, if I can't continue being seen, who's going to care who Ray is? So it's like I had like that quick breakdown of, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I mean, never did it stop. Never did it say, don't do it because that could happen. But it was a little bit of a mental break of like, like yo, um, I might have to do this all over again. Like this might have not counted because of what just happened. And then at some point, my mind just you know changed, and I was like, okay, well, we're not gonna let that happen, right? We're gonna figure out all the ways possible to capitalize on what we're doing. And I was behind Daryl, like probably I was probably like a thorn in his side. Like what we have, what we have, what we have, what we have, what rhythms, what this, what this, what do, what we. You know, like I was just constantly on him, on him, on him, on him, and had a lot of things that people were interested in. But it was also a situation where producers and others in the industry were reluctant to release things because they 
also didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know if they technically wasted a project. Some things is not even in your control, right? Because you're on a rhythm. The producer is going to say when he won the rhythm release and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So even if you own it and this person decides, no, he doesn't want to release that anymore because of the state of the world, then it's like you're still back to square one where you're like, okay, well, who's who's going to release something like now for now or in the near future or whatever the case may be? And, you know, kept working. At that time, I didn't even know to record myself. Like, anytime I needed to record, either they was over here recording me or I had to go in a studio and get recorded. But if I had to sit down and personally record myself at that point in time, I didn't know how to do that. And I told myself, all right, you know what? Learn. Figure out how to at least do the bare minimum and press record and when to stop and so on and so forth. So I started learning how to use Logic and record myself and things like that because it's you had a lot of things against you, right? So now if you find a rhythm and they're ready to release. Now you had to find a studio that's willing to take people because COVID happened. Yeah. So instead of having these things kind of alter or or take control of what's being produced, I'm like, nah, you have equipment, you have it here, make use of it and do it to the best of your ability. And that's really how we kind of put forward. It was no matter what, content still had to come. Even if it is we're trying to take the best possible food in the house, content still has to push in because out of sight, out of mind, right? That was always my mentality. Out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. So if you're not seeing me, you're not thinking about me. You're not, I'm not crossing your mind. You're not wondering what's to come. You're not wondering, you know, what you're working. Like, you don't care. So at the very least, people had to see. Whether it was music or not, they had to see. So it started getting heavy on, like, you know, up and house, up and go to or force a line with friends and dress up and, you know, them kind of things. And then we ended up getting the Sunshine Rhythm, which people also don't really know is a rhythm, but the Sunshine Rhythm that was by Patex, that was the first release that we had during the pandemic. And it, it did its thing. I mean, it, it to me, it surpassed what I had even thought at that time what would even happen because of the the world like okay well here i am i'm, I'm about to be on a rhythm that is really no other soca artist on and i have to hope that i get that push right because that's kind of like attack too like you you jump on a rhythm you know it might get a push because xyz artist also on it kind of good because all those things are basically just my mind was always going with the strategy it was always you know, how do we make this make sense? How would we put out the content and do our very best? Like the content got wasted or swallowed or lost or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And that's just how the, that's kind of what's got me going. It's the, it's the organization, like, skills in my brain and the, the, the desire to just not stay stagnant. I don't, I naturally don't like the feeling of not going anywhere, of not moving so that in itself was a motivation as well to just like you had to make it happen you know if you're gonna if you don't want to still but you're not doing something to not still then don't complain so it was i guess i don't want to say myself it's like my own mentality that's kind of like like no 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 no. you know you had to keep you had to keep doing this like you didn't you didn't come out to waste opportunities and you didn't come out to you know just squander what was done already so build on it words of advice from one of the caribbean's fastest rising stars 
Now, um, yeah, you're you're gigging heavy again. What does it feel like to be out of the cage again, so to speak? That is amazing and scary at the same time. Um, it's amazing because it's like it's almost like not having to work as hard because the content is constantly coming because you know there's a gig next week. You know there's a gig next week. You know there's a gig next week. It's almost like you you get an ease up on having to think about being seen it's naturally happening the groundwork's happening again and then it's pure energy and the love and the joy of the actual performance mm -hmm. but then the scary part of it is is COVID still exists yeah know? it does and we, we see a lot of on the social media everybody out there and we having fun and you know things like that but I get very I don't want to say paranoid, but I get very conscious of the fact that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Okay, but how do I know that all of you who are not wearing a mask is vaccinated? Right. Right? Because nobody's being checked. Nobody's being screened. Nobody's saying, you know, walk with your, your vaccination card, you know? So at this point, people want to fed. They don't care anymore. So I don't know who's vaccinated and who isn't. And that's something that concerns me every single time I go out because once you finish perform, right, it's not over. You're still liming. You're they, still networking. Everybody want to meet and greet. Exactly. So I always meet and greets and everybody talking and everybody want a picture. And I ain't that tall. So when people talk, they're talking over me. So when oh. I'm on their mouth, I got to worry about where I landed. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. It, oh, the, 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 those peas especially, you know? Yeah. The so party was popping. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and obviously it's innocent, right? But those are those are things that I, I actually think about, like that I I get concerned about because it's not to say like also if you're vaccinated, you can't still get COVID. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's all those things that come into play that it's like a it's like a bittersweet moment because you get into love you getting to be out there but there is still technically a price that could come from it right and it's always that thought that kind of me a little act like come home off <laughs> like you know just like i, I don't want to sound paranoid but it's about making sure you see right of course i'm grateful and of course i'm happy and and i can't explain to you how good it feels to be on a stage again right and then be on a stage as as I've been being on the stage. So I love it. I absolutely love it. But like I said, it, it really is about finding a way to do that and maintain safety. Yes, 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 indeed. What, what performance stands out in your mind? Like it could be, uh, you know, either before pandemic or after, well, well, during. Is there a performance that sort of stands out in your mind? Like, wow, I just did that and they received me this way. Um, so I've been enjoying a lot of these performances and the feedback overall has been really, really great. But I would have to say one that stands out the most and kind of like an example for the rest of my performances to come was, um, or I don't want to say the wrong name, but it's culture. There's culture fest on a culture fest, right? So I don't want to, I don't want to mix it up. I want to believe it was culture fest. Um, that was one of my first big performances back outside like I had performances prior to that but that was like one of the first major ones that happened since the world has been opening back up and where was this? this was in um, Orlando okay 
and to see people's feedback and also feel like I really, really gave my all on the stage. And then it's it's when it's when you end too and you hear the people like actually applaud and scream and those kind of things is where it makes you feel like wow, like because we all know that for me. We all know the soca crowd is not the easiest. Right, exactly, exactly, right? So, and it's always that idea that you might go on stage and they might just stand up and watch you in your And you still had a... That's, that is not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, you had to still do what you had to do, right? You still can't say, oh, well, their energy down, so let me match their energy. Nah, you still have to keep your energy up. So that is definitely one. You know what? It's hot. It's really hard to... Because I also went to New Orleans the first time ever in my life um, from the world opening up. And I wouldn't say that that necessarily was the best performance. I still think it was a great performance, right? But I think that because of the way that weekend was designed, that experience in itself going out to perform was one that I will never, ever, ever forget. So there was a so, was, there was a soca fed in New Orleans? Yeah, um, for what would have been, I guess, New Orleans Carnival weekend. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, and it was myself, Moto, and Lyrical. And it was honestly like a great overall experience. The performances were great, but again, the way they set up the weekend, it was different. It was different because... As the artist got to enjoy just being there as well. And then to also, you know, I've been around Moto several times. So for me to be around Moto, that wasn't necessarily new, but then also gave me an opportunity now to have conversations with Lyrical and to get to know who he is as a person versus just the artist and things like that. So the opportunities that came from that in itself was, you know, ones that I will never, ever, forever grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, third one that I had to say was my favorite so far is um, oh god what was that one called this one was in for DC Carnival um, I had never heard people applaud for me like that ever in any performance wow. and that was and this was before and after so this was when I was being introduced and this is when I came off the stage and it was one of the most amazing feelings I had ever felt because it made you, it gave you also a level of confidence, right? Because, you know, I didn't even get on the stage yet and they said my name and this people reacted to it. Gave me almost like a, a right grade, like like these people cared for you, like you give them something, you, you, you make them happy that they cared for you and so on and so forth. And after Joe, you know, several people came up to me with really, really wonderful things to see. There was this one um, girl who came up to me and she like, yo, you really got me soca music. Like, I did listen to soca music for that. And I, that was like an honor even hear somebody, you know, come and say that to me, knowing that I still have so much of a journey to go. And it was just, it, it was moments like that that mean a lot to me that I'm just not the performances that meant the people's reaction, it people's thoughts and comments after the fact that kind of give you this, this extra encouragement and, and this push, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to say it, but, I, you know, I, I called it early. I, I, I said this, this, you know how Alison Hines says in the beginning, the beginning of Faloma, this one is special. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
appreciate that and as well yes put it out into the universe from your mouth straight to the ears of the man as well you know what i'm saying um and i appreciate that and i i appreciate those share those sentiments as well because that means that you are something in me which also means a great me so all those things you know those things the fact that it's like almost like an idea also that your know, people believe in you to the extent that they think this like you can't let them down you know what i'm saying like you gotta you gotta keep pushing you gotta keep going because there's people that pushing for you there's people that's rooting for you there's people that's been supporting from day one as well that even before others saw performances and bigger rhythms and things like that was still pushing and still behind and besides for just naturally wanting to do it for myself it's also not wanting to let those people down that believe in me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. indeed indeed right who are some of the people that you've looked up to just in in the, in the industry in general? Not necessarily Soka, mm-hmm. but some of the artists that you admire or are um, inspired by. One of my biggest inspirations is Aaliyah. Um, Interesting. I, yeah, it's always, it's always been like that. And I, I do think that the style that I embody... No, of course, as being an artist, right, you have to in it up, you can't have people say, oh gosh, you ain't the same thing over and over and over. But a lot of the style that I lean towards, when I look back at these styles, I'm like, yeah, that remind me of like a, like a kind of Aaliyah swag. Like, like, and I'm, I'm not doing it intentionally, but it makes me realize like how heavy still, how impacted me is there. And, you know, growing up, if there was ever anybody, like I used to wear my hair straight and pop with the with the hair falling in front of my face and nobody couldn't tell me that I was not Aaliyah. So <laughs> so um she's definitely one of the people that I think inspired me. I mean then you have your regulars, right? The the like the real singing, singing knees and the you know, Patty LaBelle's and those but I, I don't want to, I wouldn't falsify and say, oh, Whitney Houston made me want to do X, Y, Z, you know, but right. I give credit where credit's due and great is great and she's still great. Um, but definitely Aaliyah, Aaliyah to me was like the down to earth, cool, sexy, tomboy kind of person that I feel like I am, right? I, I, I do consider myself a little bit more, I guess, a tomboy kind of I don't know if people perceive that, but that is how I like. If I had a choice to wear sweats all day, I would wear sweats every day, all day. Like that would be my go-to, no matter where I was going. Um, so yeah, definitely Aaliyah. Um, and to be honest, um, Marshall. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I love you know everybody in the industry, but I also think that Marshall, like the goat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's like, what other way can you say it, right? So. It's like that's a talented, that's a talented man, you know, a smart, talented man. At the end of the day, he was doing, and and that is inspiring in itself. Yeah. Even if it's not about the genre, but the acts and the movements and the 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 where he's bought the community and the the, the genre as well. It's like all things that I want to be a part of and things that I want to have people say one day, like. So, you know, we represented, you know, things like that. In, indeed, indeed. 
What else? What else inspires you? Uh, TV, books, art, film. What else are you inspired by? Um, maybe movie. I would say it's those, but I think a lot of the things that get me thinking is a personal feeling, like something that I could either relate to or that I have experienced, or maybe my alter ego would would do that, or you know, like something that I could really connect to. So. If I can't connect to it, if I haven't personally experienced it, then I might think, hmm, you know what? I remember when I saw that episode and this couple was about XYZ, like the adult concept. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's how some things come to me. Or sometimes it may be that I hear an actual song that whether it exists now or it existed before, and I'm like, yo, but what if we saw Katsuris on this though? Like, what if we did a concept like this, but like that? Like literally, those are the conversations that that I have sometimes. So it's like spurty moment things or spontaneous moments. But I would say it probably from songs, um, those or experiences. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, Ray, other than music, you're an entrepreneur as well, and I guess a lot of people don't know that. But tell us about your um, your empire with the kitties. I previously owned two daycares uh, as well as I do a regular seven hour a day job as well as music. But because of the music, I did let go one of the daycares because it was something had to kind of give for this, right? So one still exists um, and right now I co-run that one with my mom and I also just work regular job remote and doing music as well so i i i'm a big believer of not having all your eggs in one basket right and i just think that the way that my mind works is always when money comes in find a way to make that money make more money another way reinvestment yeah exactly and that's how my brain works right because you can't there's really nothing you could in a sense do forever so the goal at the end of the day is whenever you stop doing whatever it is that you're doing, that you still have something to offer. You still have something to leave behind. You still have something to enjoy. And the only way to do that is to, in a sense, invest in your... It doesn't have to necessarily be in the music. It be in whatever else that may be, like a business or a, or a, a, a hobby on the side that could turn into something, but... Yeah, I I'm a busy bee. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, I don't I don't like to stay stagnant. So I mean, a lot of people who know me personally will ask me like, how how how, how you get through like, all these things? Yeah, like how how is this like physically possible? Where does the time exist in a day? But the truth is, is if you want to do something, you're gonna do it. You're gonna figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes other things have to for it, but it's how you make me time for it so yeah so Ray what's the best advice you've been given about your career Uh, you know just music in general what's that one nugget that sticks out to you Um, networking Mm. I think that one thing that's been instilled in me from the very start of this is networking 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 not gonna get anywhere be honest about networking and you can't fuck networking 
you know it's like you have to build these relationships like for real like genuinely care about what people say and care about you know I'm not saying you have to take everything at face value but be willing to learn you know be willing to share be willing to just have conversations sometimes it's not even that all the conversations have to actually be that OB you're an artist and I'm an artist talk about it it could just be vibing getting to know one another as individuals and that leads to you know other things like for example the first time I ever met Nessa was um was at DC Carnival the one that I was telling you about was the first time I ever heard people applaud for me in that way at all before and after and in meeting her and having a conversation with her like it was just dope and that in that moment in itself led to her saying like you're welcome out for gallery like come and perform and so on and so forth and that was just in that moment that was in that limited time and space of genuine conversation that we were not talking about the industry we were just talking about well like well you know well what's your plans after this and you know you going back to this place or that place and you know in hearing that it was like oh well yeah i'm gonna be here and there and so on and so forth and that just happened organically that wasn't forced that wasn't you know anything like that and I think that that's important that you're capable of having those moments capable of networking you're capable of making those those conversations and community mm. that's that's probably the biggest that's probably one of the first pieces of advice that I've gotten and probably one of the best. there's other big ones but that's also one of the biggest Gotcha, gotcha. What would you say to your 16-year-old self? What would Ray say to Ray? Ray would say to Ray, yo, stop playing games on Bunny Music now. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, that, that, I don't have much regrets, and I wouldn't necessarily say the regrets, but I wish I would have started this journey sooner. And it's not to say that I wasn't always singing, right? But I'm talking about on a professional level, I wish I would have started journey sooner than I did. I would also tell my senior-old self, though it's a little but out. I would also tell my senior-old self, like, yo, you're beautiful, you are you, and don't let anybody ever make you feel less than you are, and don't ever accept less than you deserve. Excellent. I think that's definitely what I would tell myself. Excellent, excellent, excellent. What's next for Ray? Oh, a lot. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Um, there's a lot to come. Um, some great opportunities that I don't want to reveal yet, but definitely more music. Uh, definitely want to work on an EP. Just there's so much more content in store. There's so much more to come that just has to stay tuned I promise you guys you will not be disappointed and I hope that I have not disappointed thus far but it is it is going it is growing and it is getting better and quite more to come it's getting better you say <laughs> yes, it's getting better because <laughs> I do it but no. <laughs> hey <laughs> now Ray when you're 105 years old and you're on your rocking chair overlooking the beach in Tobago in your mansion what would you say is 
that thing that you wanted to do and that you accomplished? What is your ultimate goal? Hmm. My ultimate goal is actually a quite simple one. Um, it is to do everything in my power to make my family's life as happy and as comfortable as possible while also still being happy. Um, whatever that means of how I attain it is is what it is as the journey continues. But my goal is to definitely provide any and everything that I can provide to my family that I may not have gotten growing up or that I may have been deprived of or whatever the case may be. I, I don't ever want that to be the case on my end. So I just... The goal is the goal is happiness for myself and for my family. Mm-hmm. Good goal, good goal. Ray, this is the portion of the interview where I strap on my spacesuit and I jump into the atmosphere and I leave you on planet 30 all alone. <laughs> say whatever it is you want to say to the planet 30 audience. Oh, first, I want to thank everybody who's been supporting from day one. You know, at the end of the day, if people don't support you, it's very hard to reach anywhere, you know, and those people who believe in you and who you and back you and post you and all those those even the smallest you know form of support goes a long way and I just want all those people to know that um, I'm so grateful for that and I just also want to tell everybody that no matter what your journey is believe in yourself it's always going to be an easy journey there's going to have good days there's going to have bad days and it's express the bad days and go through them but just always bounce back from them always true to yourself don't let anybody ever make you change who you are unless you want to make that change for yourself whatever changes you feel you need to for you by all means make it ever let anybody you feel like you have to stay yourself know what you're about and positive like live in a world where things are just crazy and I think a strong mind is what everybody has to have and by simply remaining positive you'll find that it's so much easier to get by each day and to look forward to each day by just remaining as positive as you can well said you guys can follow me well I was gonna ask I said that's the most important question of the day how do we contact you yeah so um you guys can follow me at it's ray dot official. Um, I spell Ray with an E, and I have a link tree underneath there where you can literally access everything that you need. You can get my music videos, you can get my songs, you can get my Twitter, my Facebook, my TikTok. Um, because TikTok is a heavy thing right now. <laughs> but, Everybody's um, on TikTok. Get- yeah, you can get access to all those things in my link tree on my Instagram. So once you follow it's ray.official, you're good to go from there. You'll also get all the updates on my page as far as performances, photo shoots, content, just everything overall. You can find right there at the base and what's to come. Awesome sauce. Ray, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, getting to know you a little bit more. Thank you so much for coming on Planet 30. 
so much again for having me. It's also been a pleasure as well. I think we should talk again in the near future. For sure. Everybody, Planet 30, this has been Ray. Thank you for listening to this episode of Planet 30. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OnPlanet30. Like us on Facebook.com slash Planet30. Our email address is OnPlanet30 at gmail.com. That's O-N-P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y at gmail.com. For more information about Planet 30, visit our website, Planet30.com. That's P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30.